guys doing all right today? I mean, that presence was just overwhelming this morning in a good way. And I mean, there was such a glory cloud that was in this place. And the sweetness of Jesus and his fragrance was just all over the place. I love those kind of days. You know, it gives you a little taste of heaven. Just a little bit. So, but before I get into my message, I just want to thank, uh, where's Adam Wilson at? Is he in here? Yeah, you mind standing up, Adam Wilson? All right, that's Adam Wilson. He's a longtime friend of Jacob and River Life. And we just want to thank you for coming here this morning and worshiping us and, and releasing the presence. And um, plus, he has a um, music school, learning. Is that what it's called? Okay. So, he has one of those. So, if you ever need to play some music and learn some, you can go to him. He's, he's really gifted at that. You know, my extent of playing any kind of instrument stopped my freshman year in college. I tried to play the piano. And I actually was getting pretty good until the, the lady that was actually offering that scholarship, when she passed away, the scholarship. They took the scholarship. So I had to pay out of pocket and I didn't have that kind of money. It's expensive. So, but that was it. So now I can't play any instrument. <laughs> I said, Lord, that was not right. <laughs> so, amen. Ah, right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you that we're here. Again, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers. And that we can be in your presence together as one body. What an honor and a privilege to see you receive your reward for the blood that you shed, Jesus. That we all stand and sit in this room knowing that we're family. Knowing that we belong to your father, our father. And we're so thankful for that. We're so thankful for that. And we all say it? Amen. So today might be a little bit different. Okay. The Lord kind of challenged me starting last Sunday. Yeah. The Sunday before, when the Lord gave me the word that He's breaking off limits, and the Lord actually put me out on the spot right away. Say, if I'm breaking off limits, then you need to step out and take more risks. <laughs> yes, there's no way you can give the word and not it, not the same word cut you too. It's a double-edged sword. You give it, also touches you at the same time. So, I'm stepping out. So you guys aim for a ride. You know, and me and Luis are going to be tag teaming this message. Okay, me and Luis have been friends for a really, really long time since I moved to the Carolinas. So, so if he jumps up here, don't be alarmed. Okay, I, I already gave you that warning. You know what I mean? And I have no control in terms of what the spirit does with him. So if he goes, if he goes Argentina on you, that's, I've already signed the waiver. He can sow a different Africa, not me. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you. Something happened this morning that was really interesting. I was just spending time with the Lord, trying to clear my soul and my spirit so I can really deliver the message. And for a brief moment, it's like I was so overwhelmed with the presence of heaven, like heaven itself. And I felt it in me. 
It wasn't around me, but in me. And it's almost like Holy Spirit just letting me have a glimpse and a taste of the place that the Lord has made for us. That moment, I longed to be there because it felt it was just not your home. There was not a separation. And this morning, I felt the same presence again when we're doing worship. The heaven was just so present. And what we were tasting was just a little taste of what it will be like. But it does not mean that it's just limited to stay in heaven. We can pull it down. We can release it now. And that was the challenge the Holy Spirit gave me. Because I was like, why am I sensing this right now? And the Holy Spirit says, I'm letting you taste it so you can start learning how to release heaven into people's lives. And heaven is full of his presence. Amen? It's full of his presence. And we are people that carry the fragrance of Christ. The other word translated fragrance for me is his presence. So the message the Lord gave me was his presence. Okay. Yes. Amen. Now, this came from a, there was a dream I had many, many weeks ago. I've had three really big, significant dreams. And each one of them has a message. But I'm going to, this message comes from a dream that the Lord gave me. In this dream, Luis came and grabbed me. And he said, Mala, I've got to take you to this place. It's a secret place. It's a place where the Apostle Paul himself will spend time and time and time and more time just with the Lord. So I was eager. So we left, we go, and it was a cave. Okay. We enter this cave, <clears throat> and it opens up. And one of the first things that I noticed right away was just this painting that was on the cave of the wall. And it kind of looked, it was kind of hard to tell what it completely was because it's so vague. It kind of looked like it could have been the painting of some of the disciples that was on the wall. And, uh, and I was noticing also the place where I was standing, there was something unusual about it. And then Luis started saying, Marlon, this is the place where Paul spent countless of hours just before the Lord. Like he would just prostrate himself before the Lord and just spend time in his presence. And this was his secret place. And as Luis is telling me that, the apostle Paul manifests himself. Okay. And he looked pretty awesome. I'll be honest with you, like, you know. And uh, he starts sharing his heart. And he starts saying, Marlon, if there's anything I can tell you that you need to be continuously hungry for, that you need to convert for, that you need to fight for, that you need to keep on cultivating your heart for, is the presence of the king himself. And as Paul is saying that to me, all of a sudden the Lord himself manifests on the other side of the cave. And that cave was so filled with his presence, I couldn't stand anymore. I just, boom, face down. And I'm laying face down, prostrate, 
And the, and the Lord is there. He's not saying anything. He's just in the presence. His presence just kept on increasing more and more and more. Whew. And it just increased. And all of a sudden I started seeing exactly what, you know, it, it's like, it's like I started seeing things from Paul's view and how he looked at the Lord. Everything that Paul wrote, which is 2000, the New Testament, that time that he spent with the Lord, that's where all that stuff was coming from, bubbling up. Mm. So part of me, you know, delivering these messages, you know, it's, it's personal, but yet at the same time, it's kind of difficult because I cannot really portray what I felt in the dream. But I do feel there is an impartation that is available. There is an impartation that is available, which is having a deep hunger and Holy Spirit teaching us how to cultivate that place for his presence. Whereas it says the train of his robe filled the temple and we are the temple of the Lord. So he desires to fill us with an ever-increasing presence. Mm. And today I went old school, by the way. Like I was just so overwhelmed. I said, like, forget it, Lord. I'm not even going to use no iPod. Whew. So the place I want to start with is this. Is I'm going to read a few scriptures of somebody that actually set a true example of being in the presence of God continuously, which is Jesus himself. And and if you notice in Jesus' life, even because we don't have much history when he was young, we only see a glimpse when he was 12. And the glimpse that we have is even the Pharisees were so overwhelmed in terms of what he knew and where his heart was. And even his response said, don't you know I'm about my father's business? That statement in itself Tells you and reveals something about the heart of Jesus and where he was and what he was doing. Because out of the abundance of your heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. So he was already speaking from a perspective of things that he's experienced, things that he's cultivated. So that he can continuously have his father's presence with him everywhere he went. Even at that age. Then when he fast forward. Because I'm not going to tell you the whole entire thing. But when you fast forward and you start looking through the Gospels, you notice that Jesus had this repetitive part that he would do. He would pray for the sick. He would multiply stuff. And then he would disappear. He would retreat. And he says that over and over again. And he would retreat. He would retreat. He would retreat. Continuously. He retreated to the mountain, came back and picked the disciples. He retreated, come back and multiplied loaves and fishes. 
But this is a continuous pattern that you see him in his father's presence. And then he comes out and releases that presence to the people around him. To the point that anywhere where he walked, the demons will manifest because they hated the presence. Because it reminded them of something familiar that they lost completely. That gives you an idea of what his presence is like. And you and I, even, me and you now, will be fully realizing how that affects the atmosphere around us and the people around us. I've had even at school a teacher right now that say, I don't know why you always come all the time. It don't seem like you, a lot of things frazzle you. And I teach sixth graders. And believe me, yes, yes. Sixth graders can push you to the limit. <laughs> like for real. Because at that age, the 11, the 12, they're kind of confused a little bit. They want you to hold their hand, but they don't want you to hold their hand. <laughs> they want to be independent, but they really don't want to be independent. <laughs> you know, some days it's like they're happy. The next day it's like you're looking at a toddler. But they don't want your comfort, but yet they want your comfort. So it's like, oh my goodness, I don't even know what to do with this age group. And I have 90 of them. They're lovely though. The Lord knows how to put you in places where he extracts the good stuff out of you. (laughs) And also exposes the stuff that you need to walk on. (laughs) That boy just swore. You know. But even my own students, you always come. Even when we're crazy, you don't seem to be to respond to what we're doing. But we like being in your class because there's something about being here. They don't know. They, they can't even describe it. They just keep on saying, every time I come here, I'm, I'm just happy. Every time I come here, I feel more love than any other place. Now, did I say that to them? No. But it's the presence of the Lord himself that they're sensing. And something is actually happening to them. Without me feeling like I have to preach the fullness of the gospel and rebuke them and say, you're sinners. So therefore, it doesn't mean it's not true, but going into that direction instead of actually really allowing. The Lord just to be the Lord. Because I'm not called to condemn people. I'm called to offer the river of life. That's what I'm called to do. But there's something about the presence of the Lord that we are continuously encouraged by Holy Spirit to carry. Because that is a difference maker. If you look at King David's life, right? I love that guy. I'm going to hang out with him, man. He's a crazy guy. But he's a man that loved the presence of the Lord. To the point where the Lord said, he's a man after my own heart. I mean, it's not just like, there's something in King David's heart that he loved being with the Lord so much. The point that he actually set up a tent, a worship tent in his backyard. So that when he wakes up, he's running in there. But if you notice in his life, from even when he got it, even before he got anointed, by Samuel, he was already spending time in the presence of the Lord continuously. The fact that Samuel showed up 
the presence of the Lord that was all over King David, even before he was an be king, attracted someone to him. Those things are real. Those things are real. They do attract. In the, in the kingdom, really, in the heavenly, in the spiritual, like attracts like. More anointing attracts more anointing. The more you give, the more you get. Like it's continuous. It's opposite from any natural thing that we know. Every natural thing that we know is the more we give, the less we have. But in his presence, the more we give, the more we get. Ooh, sweet Jesus, yes. Help me today. So let me get back to Jesus. So I'm going to bounce back and forth between Jesus and King David continuously. Back and forth, back and forth. Your head might be spinning after that. And my notes usually, in a, honestly, I never follow my notes that much. They, they just look good. <laughs> Give me a false comfort. Oh, the Holy Spirit gives me a false comfort. Like, I got you now. You can't run nowhere. So let me read a few scriptures here. So Matthew fourteen twenty three says this. After he had sent them away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. This cave that Paul was in, you could tell that he was the only person that continuously was in this place. This was his place. This was his place where he, where he would allow Holy Spirit to cultivate his heart so he can be a carrier of that presence in every place that he goes. And when you look at Jesus, he keeps on repeating himself. He went up on the mountain. Mark one thirty five. it says, early in the morning, while still... While it was still dark, Jesus got up and slipped out to a solitary place to play. Continuously. Slipped out, solitary place. Then he goes on. Luke 6, 12. In those days, Jesus went out to the mountain again to pray and spend time. I mean, spend the night in prayer to God. I could read several scriptures like that. Mountain, mountain, mountain. Can you tell what was Jesus' secret place? The mountain. It's the same place that found him when, when the soldiers came. Because who gave it away? Judas gave away the location of where Jesus will continuously go to pray. Because later I'm going to show you that in that same secret place, Jesus invited to the disciples into that same place. So that they can all, not only understand, not, not only, let me put it this way, not only just to understand or just be with the Lord, but to really get an impartation. To really get a deep impartation of what it means to really be in the presence of God. That's what I'm talking about. I might as well just go there. Is that okay? I might as well go with this. I'm not bouncing too far. This is Luke 9, 28. says, about eight days after Jesus had said these things, he took with him Peter, John, and James and went up the mountain to pray. Same mountain. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became radiantly white. Now, everybody knows the story of what happened afterwards, right? What they decided to do was do what? Build something, right? 
because something else happened that transpired that was just so great. But that was the same place that Jesus would go day in and day out. He would sleep over to the same place, the sicker place, where he would spend time in the presence of his father. And the reason I bring that up is this. That same sicker place that you start finding, you start allowing yourself to go to, so that you can start, you can allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate a place in your heart so that his presence can be fully manifested in you. You find yourself start inviting people into that same place. Meaning this, inviting people into the place where they can actually experience God's presence. For me, that is one of my greatest joys. It's to allow everybody to experience the Lord. I just love pulling people into that. If you've never tasted before, I, you know, countless of times I pray for people just not even to, you know, they might say, listen, my knee will hurts. And what our place, Father, let them experience your presence. And they start getting, you know, they go, why do I feel lightheaded? They don't understand. But I don't try to explain it. I just say, hey, God is loving on you right now. And by the time they know, they forget about the knee and they walk out. And they're like, wait, my knee doesn't hurt no more. But I didn't even go after that. My passion, my desire that I have in my heart is that people would just experience his presence. Because it's something when you experience his presence, you cannot come back the same. Something changes in you. And the more you're in his presence, the continuous transformation you have. Because if you notice, Jesus transformed. And what was revealed was glorious. And it wasn't done for his sake. It was done for the sake of his disciples. So that they can witness and know. Here's what the presence looks like in your life. And what can happen. Even if we fast forward or up in the upper room. They'll tell, wait. Wait. And the presence of the Lord came in form of Holy Spirit in such a powerful way. That those same disciples were even taken to another level. Each time in his presence, you go to another level. And I feel like this is the invitation that the Lord is pulling on us. The same invitation that he pulled Apostle Paul. And I'm telling you something. When you're carrying his presence such a heavy way, there is things that actually happen in your life. Or let me phrase it this way. You find out in the good times, all the bad times, the consistent thing that actually delivers you from the bad times and increases the good times is what? His presence. Like, I've been in situations, sometimes I'm like, how the hell did I even escape out of that? Like, literally. Like, how's that even possible? But it's happened over and over and over again. Oh, sweet Jesus. Oh, sweet Jesus. All right. (laughs) 
If you notice in the Apostle Paul's life, right? The things that he went through. I don't know if there's any other person other than Jesus himself that went through so much hardship. Being flogged that many times, being shipwrecked that many times, being stoned that many times. And he continuously had an absolute unwavering love for the Lord. What will make you, what will transform you to that point? That you go to a city, you get stoned, you get revived, then you come back. Amen. I don't know about you, man. You stole me when you pick up a stone, man. I'm booking it. I'm not waiting for you to throw the first stone. I'm like, go on. The only thing that can make you stand in that same place is for you to have tasted a greater thing that you saw. That even when somebody picks up a rock, it doesn't affect you. Because you're like, what I have that I would like to give to you is much more. And I'm willing to die for it. And many of those disciples did do that. Because they tasted something greater than themselves. Even this morning, just the taste that we had, it was just like a little drop. But he wanted more. We wanted more. I wanted more. And it wasn't just like it made you feel good. You just realize, wow, Lord, you are just so good. Because his presence just filled up the place. And he's like, I don't want to leave this place. Can we just stay here, Lord? Can I just stay here a little longer, Lord? But here's the truth. You can have that continuously. In that secret place that you go and hide yourself so that that presence can be in you continuously. So it can keep on increasing in your heart continuously. This is an invitation. Mm. Here's, Here's what Paul said, right? To Timothy, one of his sons. The second Timothy four sixteen going through eighteen says this the first time I was brought before the judge, no one came to no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May not be counted against him. I mean that mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. This is Paul speaking. This is then he goes says, But the Lord did what? Stood with me. And gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And it even stopped and said, he and he rescued me from what? Sudden death. Yes, the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. Men. Good times, bad times. Paul testifies. The good times for him was preaching the gospel. The bad times was that part. He was abandoned by himself. But yet, the presence of the Lord was continuously with him. And the part I'm trying to tell you is this also. There's not a separation between the presence and the Lord himself. I'm not talking about two different things. I'm talking about one and the same thing. His presence is him. He is the presence. 
There is not a divide anywhere. So little when Paul says there, the Lord stood by me, it's like me saying, and the presence of the Lord was with me because he was truly there. You want to think about Moses. When the Lord says, I'll send an angel with you, what did Moses say? He said, I ain't going there. Okay. He said, I'm not going. But what did he ask for? He said, if your presence is not going with me, then I'm not going. Because he didn't even settle. I'm sure the angel is glorious. But he was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. He can't substitute you. The angel cannot substitute you. I think that's why those disciples in those days, especially like when Peter was uh, running for his life, they was broken out of jail, right? He gets broken out of jail, and then the next thing you know, they're praying in this room. They open the thing. The lady goes, what? The little girl goes, oh, it's just Peter's angel. And she moved on. What? Like it even phase her. Because that shows you in that room, there was a greater thing that was actually happening. The that, because they were praying for Paul, I mean, they were praying for Peter. So there was a great thing that was happening. And I'm sure the crescendo of the Lord's presence was so good that when that angel showed up, she was like, mm. <laughs> I don't want to see you. I want to see Peter. It is a good prayer meeting. Amen. Let's look at Acts 27, 22 through 24. It says, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives. Okay, this is about when the sheep got wrecked. Even though the sheep will go down. For last night, an angel of God, to whom what? I belong and whom I? Beside me, right? Is it talking about an angel? Is talking about the Lord. Back in the Old Testament, so the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, continuously, right? Abraham had the same experience. And here, Paul is testifying who's next to him. He said, don't be afraid. For you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. The presence of God that he was scaring Gave him so much confidence to say, listen, I'm in here. There's still more work for me to do. So by the fact that I'm in here, what I'm carrying will keep you safe. What you carry, which is the presence of the Lord, keeps your family safe. I'll just leave it there. I'm not going to try to expand on it. I'll just let you chew on that one. Everybody good with that? I'm just going to leave it there because I just feel like I don't want to dilute it. That deposit is real. Ooh, sweet Lord.
So I want to start going towards the end of this, which is this part. I feel like sometimes, this including me, we have this mindset that when we feel like we're messed up, right? Or we feel like we're falling short. We feel like we don't deserve to be in his presence. Okay, number one, we listen to the lie. Then number two, we completely disqualify ourselves based on that part. Okay? Think about King David's audacity. They here committed this heinous thing. Okay? Not only the adultery part, but also killed, planned and plotted, premeditated completely to have the husband executed. Then on top of that, when he's confronted by Nathan the prophet, he immediately does what? Does he resist or confess right away? Immediately pours out his heart. And Nathan says, okay, stop, stop that. The Lord has already forgiven you. Nathan didn't even dwell on it. He said, get up. The Lord has already forgiven you. Then the next thing that David does, he goes into the house of worship, right? And he locks himself in there because Nathan gave him bad news also. That the child you have, the child is going to be dead. The child is going to die. What does he do? He goes before the presence of the Lord and begs for the child's life. While our instinct is to, I don't deserve that. That child should die just because... Yeah, I messed up. That is not a kingdom mindset. Says a righteous man falls how many times? But he does what? Who say that? Jesus himself. He was born in something greater. He was saying, listen... You still live in the world. You're not, okay? You still live in this place. So there will be situations you'll be faced in. Yeah, you're going to stumble. But the important part is to what? Get up. Get up and quit mopping in the same place. Get up. Finally, we fall seven times, but get up again. And run towards the Lord. Not away, but you're running towards him. Because he's not holding anything against us. Because everything that he planned for beginning way before you even said yes to Jesus. You already accounted for all of that stuff. And he made it away. He made a way anyways. Not based that we will say yes. But it's already based in his yes. Towards us. It's a continuous yes and amen. Continuous. It's not a one time. It's a continuous thing. Just like his blood. His blood continuously cleanses us. Not like the blood of bulls and sheep and all that stuff. That was one time. For one year. That's all it was good for. This is good for all what? Eternity. So I feel like there's times we limit ourselves and we come in this place, house of worship, or even when we're home, we feel like, well, yeah, I kind of yell at that kid, maybe we shouldn't have, and then I'm having some pity party. And so I say, yeah, Lord, I shouldn't have. And I'm sorry. And you go back into his presence. 
the same place we can actually have that wound healed. We can have your conscience get sprinkled by his blood. So, it does, so it's no longer accusing you. He's, <laughs> thank you, Jim. <laughs> Here's what it says in Hebrews. Okay, Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into his, right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully what? Trusting him. Because in him it's yes and amen. Even if you fall seven times, it's yes and amen. Keep on coming back here. And his presence will be the one that picks you up. The more you have those secret times with the Lord where that presence be cultivated, it's easier to get up. Then he's going to say, For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. I know Byron loves a passion translation, so this part just, I couldn't resist. You should, I know I'm just an NLT guy. Pretty loyal to the NLT. But this one I was like, ah, NLT. I like how he said it, but this one is like, yo. You know. It says, and now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm. Boldly and with no hesitation. Boldly with no hesitation. For he has dedicated a new life given way for us to what? Approach God. For just as the veil was torn into Jesus' body was torn open. To give us free and fresh access to him. Hey, that's scripture. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus, yes. That's good news. Ooh, goodness, Lord. And since we now have a magnificent king priest to welcome us into God's house, we can come closer to God and approach him with an open heart. Fully convinced by faith that nothing, nothing will what? Keep us at a distance from him. Nothing. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity. And have been free from an accusing conscience. And now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God inside and out.
<laughs> if that don't make you smile, I don't know what will. If that don't make you happy, happy inside, I don't know what will. Because the truth is, that is the absolute truth of how the Father God sees us. That is the truth of what Jesus sacrificed his life for. That we may have full access to his presence without any limitations, without us feeling like we have to earn it somehow so that we can actually get to his presence. Mm. What do you think, Sosa? Sosa's like. I think I'm going to finish with that. Yes. I have nothing more to really say. Unless you have something to say, Sosa. <laughs> so, who? What? Can we have the worship team come up here? Yeah, yes, it I have nothing to add to it. That's it. All I can say is just be free. Be free. To enter into his presence with no hesitation. Yeah. Be free to absolutely create a secret presence for you and the Lord where that presence is continuously cultivated. Mm. Mm. Watch out, stand up. You know, the only thing there is approach him with an open heart. That's really it. Sincere. Lord, I need you. I'm messed up. It's in that place where we are really, we receive, we are touched, we're clean. His blood cleanses us. We are pure, made pure, purify, clean, transform. You know, one of the things that the Lord has been talking to me a lot about is that secret place, you know, in my Pentecostal mindset, charismatic, that place sometimes is their upper room or the little closet or someplace in your house, which is great if you have it. I encourage you to, to have one if you don't, like, I've tried to do that in my house with four kids. Sometimes it's really hard. You know, I've been interrupted so many times. Eddie, why are you crying in here in this closet? (laughs) But what I want to encourage you is to really enter in any place, anywhere, anytime. I've been at work and I've just been heavy back down by the devil lying to me telling me you're not enough you're not good enough look at your past look at what you've done i put the headsets on and i enter in i said lord thank you for your blood thank you for your presence and all the time with just tears start running down and my my co-workers like are you all right man i'm just in the presence 
you don't really have to do much. Just enter. It's right here in you. The kingdom is within. Right? So that's why I want to encourage you because he's a liar. And if you agree, that's the only thing. You agree with him, he's got you. He's got power over your thought. He's got power over your actions. he got power in your house. And then he begins to tell you the next step. But the Lord... And as I am saying this, I'm telling this myself. You have been washed. You have been clean. You have been made pure by the blood of the Lamb. Your conscience that accuses you is being clean. And that is the biggest test for us is our conscience. There's nothing in it. God says, I made you clean. Hey, boy, I see you. Come on in the house. Enter in into the Holy of Holies. You know what the Israelites had to do? They had to take that oxen, take it up there, cut them in pieces, pit, do a prayer over it while they were doing it, and then burn the whole thing. So they won't do the same mistake again, but they did it again the next year because you know what? We make mistakes, but Jesus already made that provision for us so we can enter in and be washed and be cleansed. So I just want to pray for us to receive that. To receive what Marlon was saying. The presence is in you. To release it so that when you go to places, the atmosphere will shift. And listen, it's not easy. There's an all-out word out there. But if the presence go with you, then you will be able to preach the full gospel. It don't matter what, who's standing in the room. Paul was in front of kings and the judge and he said, I was able to preach the full gospel in front of the whole Gentiles and release that gospel. And God, you stood by my side. And that gospel is what we carry. That's what the world needs. And I'm going to end with this. I have a friend of mine who's an atheist. His name is Paul. And y'all, some of you met him He's been in here. He was in one of the men's meetings, and one of the guys sharing, I can't remember his name, he was sharing about an encounter with the Lord. He went and spent the whole night talking to his friend about what he heard here. I had a dream the night before with him where we were worshiping, and he got touched by the Lord, and he asked me in the dream, What is that? And I said to him, That's the Lord, Paul. Well, he got invited to go to Bangalore, India. And he was, he was ready. He got his book back ready. But he, he's young. He's 23 years old. And he was shaking. He was afraid. And I said goodbye to him the night before. But the Lord told me in the morning, get up, go to work, and meet with him for breakfast. So I did. I went to work. And I took him. And we met and we ate. The ministry team can come here, by the way. If you, if you want to, you can go ahead and come while I'm talking. And we went for a walk. Now, I know the Lord's got something for this boy. His daddy left him the day he graduated from high school. And said, I've done what I'm supposed to do. I'm moving on now. You're on your own. He went to college, wait for us, and finished that. He's a brilliant guy. We went for a walk. And at one point, I felt the presence of the Lord. And he was so tender. And I said, listen, Paul. You're going to have an encounter like the Paul in the Bible. His name was Saul. And he said, who is that? Who is Paul in the Bible? I never read that. I said, it's all right. 
But you're going to have an encounter with Jesus. And he's going to change your nature. And you're going to be a new man one day. And he said, but you don't understand. I got too many questions. I got too many questions for God. I said, all right. You can approach him and ask your questions. Because he's here to embrace you and to love on you. And he was like, oh man. He's been over there with us playing worship songs. He took Spanish worship songs and played over his girlfriend at his house, who's also an agnostic. And they were touched and said, there's something in the songs that I don't understand. But see, that's the presence of the Holy Spirit that you and I carry. And God wants to flow through you today. But the main thing is let's deal with that issue of the conscience. Just like King David. Hey, you're forgiven, man. You're forgiven, King David. God already. Jesus, you're forgiven. Because God saw his heart already. He sees your heart. If you hide it and you're prideful. And if we are like that, well, God has his ways to bring us to a place. But if you want, if you're struggling with that, I invite you to come forward. Because we're going to pray for you. We're not here to just, we're going to pray for you. The Holy Spirit, come forward if you want that prayer. And come and receive it with us. Let's all close our eyes. Lord, I just, we just receive right now. And those that want to receive prayer, come forward. Just come forward. Just come forward. Yes. Yes, Lord. to respond um, this is I really believe this is prophetic message this morning about Paul Byron and I watched the movie Paul last night it's amazing and it was really about heavy persecution exactly what he said you know it was really that part of his life and I feel like the Lord really wants to touch us this morning and I believe if you're feeling stirred at all it'd be good to make a move toward the front feel like we need to be stirred God's really yes yes I just yes fan it Lord yes Lord yes yes we need you Lord yes Lord these consciences need to be cleansed this morning they really already are Lord help us to step in to what's already been done for us Lord we just need a new stepping in to our conscience has been, Lord, we, we know what you've done for us, Lord. We know it. We walk in it, Lord God, because we want your presence more than anything, Lord. We want to be carriers of your presence, God. We want to carry your presence. 
Lord, right now, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Lord, we just take that right now, what the blood has already done for us, God. Lord, yes, these consciences that make us believe we can't have your presence all the time. Lord, we're receiving right now what's already been done for the sake of the world, for the sake of the world, for the sake of the world, yes, for the sake of the world. For the sake of our families, for the sake of those that we work with, Lord, we can't do this without your presence. We can't do this thing called life without your presence. The previous model, folks, without the, there was a curtain separating where God was from where we were. Marlon was reading for Hebrews that that curtain's been torn. The presence is now in the temple. We're invited to boldly to invite that presence. Presence enter our temples right now, Jesus. Fill this place. And as we go forth from here, we take you with us.
but we're just going to stay and worship for a few minutes longer, okay, church?